Praising the Lord. We have a few written requests tonight. We have an unspoken request from a friend, a sister Ashley's. Her name uh, is Kia Martin, so remember that request tonight. Uh, sister, uh, I don't know, I can't pronounce it right. Cameron, I think it's O'Reilly, maybe, uh, that just recently lost her mother, so we'll remember that family in prayer tonight that God will just move for them in a special way. Also, uh, Sister Chrissy uh, has been remitted back to the hospital uh, for pneumonia in her lungs, and they're filling up, and they're not sure exactly why, uh, but they may have to do another surgery to remove the fluids. She needs a miracle from the Lord. So we're just trusting in God tonight that he will answer that request. I know God is mindful of our needs tonight. Also, we remember uh, Brother Abraham and his family, his aunt, which I believe was his his dad's sister uh, has had a stroke and uh, just needs a touch from the Lord tonight. But we serve the great physician, and he is near, and we're believing that he will move for us. And also, um, I'd mentioned to remember my aunt, uh, Geraldine, in prayer. She was in a nursing home where she did pass away, so just remember the family for her tonight, if you will. I'm sure there's many other needs, and if you'll just make those known by an uplifted hand, God sees our hearts. And he knows what we have need of tonight. I just remember our pastor as well. He's been having a lot of drainage in his uh, ears. His throat's been really bothering him. So just pray that the Lord will just touch him. When he starts ministering tonight, may that all just dissipate and go away. God is able to do that. So, amen. Brother Jonathan, come to that, please. Happy to be in church tonight. Man, did you come expecting? Did you come wanting something? Desiring something? Let's lay it before him. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we've come together, Lord, not to be seen this evening, but, Lord, to hear from you. Lord, we can hear from you, Lord, in the sweetness of your spirit, Lord, and through songs, Lord, and through prayer and through meditation, but through hearing of your word, Lord, is what we set this time aside for. Lord, we ask you to come in amongst us this morning, Lord, this evening. We ask you to be with each and every need. You see the sicknesses that rise up, Lord. You see death comes into our families, Lord. And you see burdens upon our heart. And, Lord, we need comfort and we need peace. 
And dear God, we look to you, Lord. And Lord, we ask you to come on the scene for each individual family, Lord. And touch each need, Lord. You see sicknesses reoccurring in Sister Christie, Lord. You, you see these things before they was. But Lord, you know the end from the beginning. And Lord, we lay it in your hands this evening, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way, Lord, that you would touch them in a mighty way, Lord, that you would bring them back to full restoration of health, Lord, and comfort the comfortless, Lord, and Lord Jesus, save the lost, Lord, and we ask you to be with this service, Lord, our brother Mark, to have him back with us, Lord, and the musicians be with them in a mighty way this evening, and Lord, to be with our pastor, touch his body, Lord. Let him speak to us, Lord, through the holy oracles of God. Be with us in your lovely name we pray, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. And you happy to have Brother Mark back? We love Brother Matt. We're glad to have Brother Mark. And it is his birthday. He always tells on us. So happy birthday, Brother Mark. Yeah, they're not as fun as they used to be. But I'm thankful that I'm having them because it sure does beat the alternative. I thank the Lord for them tonight. Are you ready to worship the Lord? Not just sing, but to worship the Lord. And remember, that's what we're doing is worshiping Him. And if you do that, I think you'll put a little bit better effort into it tonight as you worship. Let's sing this together, I believe. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair when the saved of earth shall gather over all the other shore and the road is called up yonder I'll be there I'll be
wondrous love and care then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done and the road is gone and yonder I'll be there oh when the road is gone yonder when the road is gone up yonder in sin but Jesus took me in oh and then a little light from heaven filled my soul well it made my heart in love and wrote my name above and just a little talk with Jesus made me whole so let us have Turn. 
know that makes a difference. Just to go talk with Jesus. And sometimes that's what we just seem to forget to do. Uh, when we eat our, our meals, thank you, Lord, for this food. Amen. About all the Lord gets. We just need to be so grateful and thankful for every breath that we take. Every time we get up in the morning, just so thankful for his grace and his mercy. I want to say I appreciate Brother Matt so much Amen. for helping me out in the services. And I watched him. He did an outstanding job. I, I just appreciate that. Let's sing this. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to, oh, I want to praise the one.
nothing compares to the promise that we have in him. I have to uh, give a confession that I used to be a worrier and a fretter. Uh, just like yesterday, for example, tax day. I know none of you need to worry about that or fret about it. But, uh, you know, just render to Caesar what's Caesar's and give it to him, let him go on. I ain't worried about it no more. No need to worry. And God has got everything. Uh, that don't leave anything out. When I say everything, God's got everything in his control. And he already knows the outcome, so why should we worry about it? Just take it to the Lord and leave it there. Amen. And just give up and let Jesus take over. Let's sing that tonight. Give we'll give up and let Jesus take
How many believe that tonight? If you just let, give up and let Jesus take over, he'll make a way. Didn't he part the Red Sea and make a way for them, for the Israelites? He can do it for us tonight. Amen. Sometimes we just have to do like they did in the Bible when you get in trouble with uh, uh, Caesar. Just go fishing. All you got to do is go fishing. God will put a coin in the fish's mouth for us tonight. Let's just sing this one more chorus here tonight, if you will.
portion. He's all that we need. Our Jehovah Jireh. Amen. We'll let you have your seats of our brothers to come tonight and receive the offering for this service you just given to the Lord. This last week we missed, but Sister Wanda celebrated her birthday as well. So why don't we give her a big hand? She's about half my age, I guess. So have a good one, Sister Wanda. Don't forget that coming up this weekend, I believe it is, is that right, Brother Jonathan, Sister Christy, uh, is the BT Zoo trip. Uh, so they'll meet here at the church at 8.45 and should be back around 2 o'clock. If you have any questions, just ask Brother Jonathan, Sister Amber, or Sister Christy. And this is for kids 12 and under, so don't forget that. I just saw this old song we used to sing, Brother Matt, so come up and join us and we'll try to sing tonight. I may not know but one verse of it, but we might sing it twice or something, make it sound like I knew both. With you, Lord. 
maybe tomorrow. There'll be troubles and sorrow, but we just got to take it to our Lord tonight. Amen. Let's stand together, if you will, as we invite our pastor to deliver what the Lord has laid on his heart for us tonight. Be in prayer for him, that God will just strengthen him and speak through him and use him in a special way for us tonight. Amen. Let's sing. Oh, you are my refuge. You're my sanctuary. When I feel afraid, you're my hiding place. You are my refuge. And when the storm is raging underneath your wings, I rejoice. I rejoice and sing that you are my refuge. Oh. sanctuary, a place that we can come and find serenity, and the world cannot produce no such a place, but Jesus Christ is that place tonight, happy to be in the house of the Lord with you. Wait a minute, don't you have a birthday today? Brother Matt, come on up here, let's, let's celebrate, hit our special song leader's birthday, he's always wishing everybody a birthday, and praise the Lord, God bless you. He's just getting younger and younger every day, so we thank the Lord for that. Let's just give him a nice birthday wish tonight. God bless you. We love you, Brother Mark. Appreciate your ministry. Let's sing. Amen. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Brother Mark. Happy birthday. God bless you. Thank you, Brother Matt. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. As our Brother Mark would say, beats the alternatives. Thank the Lord. Amen. Appreciate our musicians and our worship tonight. And uh, we just just been so many sicknesses 
in uh, things. Uh, Sister Laura, Laura placed her back. God bless you, says, uh, my personal condolence to you and the passing of your stepfather. Uh, just as we've been praying for you here. And then also, um, th there was a little sister that sits back here from El Salvador, Sister Carmen. She lost her mother last week, and I think they buried her this Sunday. So we like to um, continue to remember Sister Carmen in prayer. She has the two little girls. Let's pray for them. And then, of course, Brother Abraham's aunt, uh, Angelica. So let's pray. God is able to heal her of that stroke. You believe that? God's able to completely heal her of that stroke and raise her up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's remember all the needs amongst us. We know the Lord is mindful. Also, especially like to request prayer for Brother Nathan and Sister Tracy tonight. They've been battling the COVID. And we just pray to the Lord. I hope they didn't mind me saying that, but we just want to pray for them, uh, especially uh, uh, tonight. The Lord will just protect little Haven, as you know, with her respiratory condition. That God will just build a hedge around her. We know God is mindful. Amen. He's greater than any sicknesses. He's, he's still our healer. Jesus Christ is our healer. So let's remember all Amen. those that are sick and all the needs. Our niece, Chrissy, I think they mentioned that tonight. We know God is mindful of all the need amongst us. So we're happy to be back in the house of the Lord with you tonight. And um, let's go in the book of Proverbs chapter 22. Remember the youth banquet coming up, Memorial Weekend. Get your friends to get all signed up, and good many's coming in right now. So we're just going to tally all those up, Brother Jonathan. We need to get our heads together, amen, and get a plan, get things rolling. So it'll be here before you know. But let's just be in prayer and encourage your friends to get on there and register. I haven't even counted. I know there's a good many that's been just rolling in, and I'm just receiving the registrations right now, but we'll sit down and try to um, go through those and see what we need to do. Some may need accommodations and such like, so we'll try to help out those that can't afford to um, make the accommodations. Uh, Proverbs chapter 22, verses 6. This family part 9 again tonight. I want to just kind of change a little bit direction. Proverbs chapter 22. Verse 9, Solomon says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Uh, I, I just want to take some time around this one passage tonight. Train up a child in the way he should go, when he's old, he shall not depart from it. There's one key element I want to put some emphasis on here. Uh, tonight is that word train, that word train. The result is our heritage. They will not leave the path of the Lord in the way that they were trained. But the key element of this scripture tonight is train to live an exemplary life before our heritage. And I want to turn the direction of the word of the Lord uh, uh, that way tonight by the help of the Lord. Come on in, brethren. God bless you. Uh, we thank the Lord for our brothers uh, coming in from Rwanda, uh, Pastor Malachi, and 
This is Brother Moses from Nashville. Good to have you and your family with us in the house of the Lord. God is certainly mindful of all the need, isn't he? Do you love him? Am I just too loud for you out there a little? If you can cut back a little bit, just a little, just a little down, if you don't mind. Uh, I need a volume, but I don't want to kill everyone tonight. Amen. Do you love Jesus? Aren't you glad for church on Wednesday nights? We can worship Jesus Christ in spirit and in truth. Is that better? A little better. Okay. Praise the Lord. How many's got a need tonight? If you lift your hands up, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come before you tonight, Lord, to worship you, to adore you, to lift up your name, to let you know, Lord, that we are here, Lord, as your children, to be taught of the Lord, to be instructed in the ways of God. We just ask that you'll have your way tonight to this meeting and speak to our hearts, Lord, and draw us near to you, instruct us, teach us, guide us, Lord, enrich us with your inspiration and your word, Father, and make us better people. You see the hands that were lifted, the many sick ones amongst us, Lord. We just ask that you'll go and minister to every need, heal the body of your children, Lord God. I believe your prophet said that the sickest group of people there is upon the earth is the Lord's body. So we ask you, Lord, to, to heal your body tonight, Lord. Heal the sickness amongst us. You see, every hand that was raised, whatever the need might be, may your sweet Holy Spirit take preeminence in the service tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the church says, amen. amen. And God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Do you love him? Amen. Praise God. You might could just tune it down just a little bit more. Amen. It's hard for the brethren back there just to know what we want, you know. And sometimes it's too loud or it's too it's too um, low, but we'll get it just right tonight. You appreciate the Lord tonight. Amen. I want I want to focus on this as I said tonight uh, in the in the area of uh, exemplary. Uh, life and imitation serving as a pattern uh, to, uh, to our heritage. And we dealt with last uh, Wednesday evening on uh, the five characteristics of uh, uh, discipline, uh, discipline life. And just want to turn it a little bit towards um, leadership tonight by the help of the Lord. We'll read the same quote we did last week just to open up in a message, Laodicean Church Age. He said, there is now set forth the love of God. He desire in love a family of his own, a family of sons, sons like himself. God desiring to have a family. The entire life is built around a family, just um, focused around the entire family itself. We're all part of a family. We're part of uh, a lineage, we're part of certain uh, certain history in life. We all constitute what we call tonight uh, a family. In the masterpiece, Rudbrand then said, he said, notice the great masterpiece of a family, the husband and wife cannot truly be a family unless they're one. They have to be. And if you're not, they're not a good family. Wife pulling one way, the husband another that will make an awful family, but in agreement with love one to another, that's a family. And this is what we're doing. We are trying to build and implement again those truths that God 
has in his mind for his family in this age. Being the great God of the heavens, he is the first parent of all parents. In him resides the power and the ability to lead his family here in this life. Now, we've witnessed a moral and structural erosion tonight in God's masterpiece family. As we have been dealing with the last several segments and pointing out to you that we are in an upstream against this world in a battle for our morals, our sanity, and the structure of family which uh, the world itself has, uh, ero- has eroded away from uh, the families of today. Our Christian families are under, uh, we see it, a dramatic change due to the influences of our modern culture and society, and as a result, the, the family itself, the masterpiece of God, is experiencing dramatic changes. And we live in a world where we know the truths and we are thought of the Lord. We know uh, what God has uh, required for us tonight through the principle of godly teaching through the Bible. But yet, we live in a society and a world, a culture that is trying to change what God has put into motion, what God has put into place. The very, the very fabric of family uh, evolved from God himself. We are the very offspring of, of the great masterpiece family that God has created. And because of this, there are certain a DNA that is inside of us as Christians tonight that is laying there sometimes dormant but has to be uh, evoked by godly teaching and the Holy Spirit. And we see that the world today itself is trying to kill those values that is that God has created. We see the entire world. They are trying to uh, create a, a, a people, a family, a, a human that is inhuman. They're trying to push certain, uh, certain programs that are uh, outside of uh, the human nature itself. But yet we know by all of this that God will have his masterpiece family again uh, at the end of the day. We understand that Our Christian families are under this great strain today. We're feeling the strain from it. As we look at the news, as we read our our newspapers, our our news, our headline news, we are continually being bombarded with a parade of, of a different way that God has called us as Christians in this hour uh, to live. And yet we know that uh, at the end of the day that God's will will be carried out in our lives. Our standards which has been in practice for generations are now being questioned and abandoned. The way that God has called us to live is uh, becoming uh, obsolete in the world that we live in. And you as parents, young people, the generation that is coming up 
uh, behind us are, are, are going to face uh, some of these issues. And we're looking right now at matters that are out of control. The world is spinning, spinning out of control. They cannot control these things that, are, that, that is happening in, in our world today where it comes to family. Families are being crossed up. It'll become very soon to where there will not be uh, in the world standard uh, normal family. What the world is trying to do is uh, denormalize us as Christians. To pervert our mind into a way that is satanic and ungodly in this age. In the absence of moral uh, absolutes public opinions take its place. From the latest political and non-Christian theories, we're seeing these things being introduced uh, in, in, in our, in our, in our uh, life, in our surrounding, in our workplace, uh, in, 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 in our society. It is increasing every day, and I believe it's vital that the moral vacuum is uh, countered by a positive Christian approach uh, based on uh, divine revelation from God. You see, God has given us a revelation of who we are in this age. We're not just walking about in today's society trying to fit in or to be approved by their uh, corrupt mind, but God has given us and filled us with divine inspiration as how we to live. Divine revelation lays down clear guidance for both individuals and family life tonight. We cannot live without revelation. And this is what the world does not have. They have theology, psychology, mind over matter, their corrupt leadership. But I believe the bride of Christ has divine revelation of how family is structured and the morals that we are to lead. This is exactly what God, I believe, wants us to come to. And it is executed by a life that is lived and is worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is executed by a lived life. I believe parents should lead by examples. And we know we have no greater honor on earth than to be fathers and to be mothers. That God has chosen us to be stewards of uh, his very nature. Because as we showed last Wednesday evening that in God he sanctioned marriage and he sanctioned uh, our offsprings. He is the one that uh, bring about a union in our life. And the offsprings that comes from that union is sanctioned by God. Because between us and God is a union and he is over all creation, making him the great parent of all of us. So we understand it is a great honor to, to be a father or to be a mother tonight. Because this is now giving place and vent to the very nature of God to uh, be carried out in our beings. We are just lending our beings now to God who is the great parent of all of us. Now, God provides us uh, with tender lives uh, to love and uh, raise up into adults. 
One of the greatest honor we will have is to have the honor to lead our children from infancy into an adult life. It is a great privilege and an honor to be able to take a life and to mold in that life the very characteristics of what God is. It's a great honor. We don't just bring children into this world and just like the world is just, they have no value upon it. They're implementing every rule to, uh, to execute children, to bring every law of abortion into place and to place upon a parenting, uh, parenting such, a, uh, such a, a nasty view of what children should be. It is the greatest honor that God gives us to be parents. But yet the world places such small value upon that. That now they're passing laws in our drugstores through the pharmaceuticals to, uh, to, to give out medication that will, uh, that will get rid of what God see fit to bring to us as parents. It simply just proves to us that they don't have the mind of God. Now, there's a fundamental connection, a very fundamental connection between our relationship with the Lord and with our children. You see, God, the relationship that God wanted to have with his children was a special, intimate relationship. In that, that we may know him as our God, as our father, as our husband, as the one that is over our lives. And then he gives us that opportunity to be able to carry out and experience this very same thing that he feels towards us. So there are fundamental connection between our relationship with the Lord and with our children. And I want to say tonight, learning how to love our children begins with learning how to love the Lord. When we fall in love with Jesus Christ, we can then carry that exemplary life over into our heritage and to implement that same relationship that God has given us into our children. It makes for a better family. Then we can effectively raise our children within the Lord's will. We can effectively then implement the love that we have towards the Lord towards our children tonight. You see, it begins with how we set a good example for our children through our actions and our words. And have you heard the saying, more is caught than thought? Have you ever heard that saying? More is caught than thought. Now, I want you to understand that the relationship we have with God is the same relationship that God expects that we have with our children. And more is caught than thought. In other words, uh, children often model their own behaviors after their examples. What they see before them, they're actually catching that 
which they see. This is why uh, Solomon said, train up a child in the way he should go. The key to that scripture is, is a model, a life of imitation. We are to imitate Christ before our heritage. If our relationship between us and God is a healthy relationship, then that relationship would then be passed on to the way that we raise our families. So children often model their own behaviors after their examples. Uh, Likely your children watch and observe your actions without even knowing tonight what you do. What you do, uh, what do they see, and what do they hear? All these things are important because uh, it is not so much uh, uh, what you're saying, but what is actually they are seeing being imitated before them, being modeled before them, trained up, meaning uh, to uh, actually impart a certain pattern into your children. Sometimes you can actually, uh, you can drive a message home uh, 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 better with, uh, without even using a word, but demonstrating it will be more, uh, more, uh, more beneficial to your family. You see, we retain 90% of what we see. Over words. And what we see actually becomes a reality. Is that correct? So uh, we, 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 we understand that uh, what, what we model is actually been set up then as uh, an example. Uh, what they do and what they see us do and what they hear what we are saying. You understand the power of doing, seeing and hearing as a parent. Because friends, I want you to understand that you may not even say certain things to your child or your adult children verbally, but what you do and what they see and what they hear carries a powerful message to that child or an adult child. And they will actually repeat those things. Children will actually go back and say things that they hear and see and what you do without you even saying anything about it. But you see, it's what I just said. More is caught than thoughts. You see, it's not so much what you're saying, but what, uh, what is there, what they're seeing right before their eyes. The question I ask you tonight uh, how do your actions contribute to their uh, interactions with uh, other children, youths, associates, uh, and authority? Uh, what is it that we, how is, how is our action contributing to that interaction? You see, friends, the power of doing, seeing, and hearing is a very clear message to our heritage, to our church. As leaders, as pastors, as Sunday school teachers, as people who is to be modeling, imitating a life of Jesus Christ carries a powerful message to the world that is before us. In Titus chapter 2 verses 7 and 8, listen closely now. Paul describes how to set a good example in saying, verse 7, 
in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity. Look at verses 8. Sound speech that cannot be condemned. You understand the power of words. Even though you may be speaking to your spouse and you have children, their ears are open to what is being said. And the power of those words go into their beings and become a reality. And at the suitable time, they will reverberalize those words. Some speech that cannot be condemned. What uh, Titus is simply saying, in other words, show yourself in all respect to be an example of good deeds and your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech. You know, it's not just do as I say and not as I do. We're over that phase of life. What, what family, what people, what America, what the churches are looking for now is to see the very imagery of Jesus Christ being modeled through our lives. This is why our relationship with God is so important because your relationship with the Lord is just as important with your relationship with your family, with your daughter, with your sons, with your grandchildren, with the youth of our church. Within this context, Paul describes qualification for leaders in the church. And as we see, the Lord's standard for leadership requires a high level of commitment and character. Yet it isn't because the Lord demands perfection within leadership. Rather, the Lord looks for character marked by honesty, humility, and honor. I believe those ingredients are missing in our ranks, missing in our society, missing in our school, missing in politics, missing from many good institutions. Those elementary fundamental truths of honesty, humility, and honor as decayed from uh, the world we live in today. Look at the world that we live in. How much more... Is it true within parenting tonight? Paul provides some insight in Colossians. Let's look at Colossians 3 and, and 16. He said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Praise God. Amen. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Amen. In this moment, we are encouraged to turn Toward God's word and wisdom. If we are going to ever be a people that have honesty and humility and honor and dignity and character and integrity, it's going to be people who have turned towards God's word for wisdom and leadership. And the world knows nothing about it. They want to destroy the Bible. They want to destroy value. But God's word is what makes us who we are tonight and fill us with all wisdom. This is the absolute. This is God's blueprint. This is God's leadership. Everything else will fail. This is the absolute God's unadulterated word. 
You believe it? Let's read that again. Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. And in this moment, we are encouraged to turn towards God's word and wisdom. We need to turn back to that. The world's not going to give it to us. Uh, 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 politics is not going to give it to us. Where leaders are not definitely not turning towards uh, God's word and wisdom. They have their own agenda. They have their own purpose, their own plans. But God has given us a plan. He said the word of Christ dwells in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. We have an absolute. I encourage you tonight to turn wholeheartedly towards God's word and wisdom. Look at Deuteronomy 5 and, and verses 33. Bible said he shall walk in all the ways which the Lord God had commanded you. You see, we can see a, a good example or set a good example for our children by uh, ensuring they see us walking with the Lord. I want you to watch this now. He shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God had commanded you. And we can be an exemplary life and let our children see us uh, as we walk with the Lord. The greatest testimony you have as parents tonight is your walk with God. It's how you're walking with Christ. It's your stability, your consistency, your faithfulness in your time of trials, in your time of hardship, in your time of darkness. How are you handling those trials? Your family are watching to see how you walk with Christ. Are you with me tonight? Look at it now. He said, he shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God had commanded you. Our children need to see us walking before the Lord. Whether we are sick, whether we don't feel like it, whether we have some hardships, whether we've had some setbacks, whether life has, has dealt us blows, whether we are victim of circumstances, whether we've been abused, or whatever condition or situation we are in, we are to maintain a walk with God steadily. Saying, Lord, I'm not perfect, but I'm still walking. The last thing our families want to see is us sitting down in Laosia. When we sit down, we're only confirming to the way of our society and culture in this age. But God is raising up a church. Hallelujah. In this age, he's raising up people. You believe it? Oh, my. May God help us. This struck home with me today. When I read Deuteronomy 5 and 33, he shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you. I may not be there yet, but I'm walking. I may not achieve what I want to achieve, but I'm walking. I'm not perfect, but I'm walking. I may not be where I want to be, but I'm walking. Hallelujah. I will not stop walking. God told Abraham, walk through the land. You believe it? We ought to be walking as Christians. 
as parents, as leaders in this age, as people that will make a difference in Laosia. They need to see people walking on this age. We're not going to sit down. We're not going to be confined to the world and the rules and regulation of society that tells us how and when to do things God has instructed us. Realize this is what Satan is working on to tell you when and where and how. Satan is designing his, his, uh, his plan out there they tell you when you need to get up, when you need to go to bed, when you can feel good and not feel good. Satan is trying to captivate the mental health of God's people in this age. But praise God, we have a greater promise that we will not succumb to the plans of Satan in this age. We have a greater purpose and that purpose is keep walking in Jesus' name. Believe it. Look, look, at, look at our age, the way it's designed. In, in, in the way of, uh, uh, of the medical field. It has come down to where they control everything about people. They want to tell you what to eat, what not to eat. Where to go, where not to go. They are trying to control your lives. And medicine is good, and I appreciate that. But medication should never take the place over God's divine purpose in our lives. We are not going to allow this world to redefine who we are in this society. Or this culture that we live in because we're controlled by a higher power that controls us. You believe it? Yes. Our family needs to see us walking. Hallelujah. We might be limping, but we're walking. We might be dragging, but we're walking. And the last thing that we are going to do is sit down by God's grace. Hallelujah. And Satan wants to use every accusation against us of what we are not and fail to realize what God says that we are. We're not walking by what we're not, but by what God has said, by what God has said that we are tonight. And God is saying to you tonight, you're a son of God, you're a daughter of God, you're a young man, a young woman that will rise out of the ruins of Laosia to overcome the power of this world. You believe it? Let's look at David's life for a moment. After he left his home, the Bible tells us he turned to the Lord uh, as the example of his life. And David waited more than a decade to enter leadership over the nation of Israel. However, he grew closer to the Lord while he ran from King Saul. David used this time to draw closer to Almighty God. While David, being a fugitive, running from the maniac Saul, in his holding as king inside of him, dwelled the ability and power to be a leader. But here he finds himself now in a place being being held by God. And in that time, the Bible tells us that he drew he drew very close to the Lord. And even as we pass forward, 
even in David's public humiliation and his confrontation of his sin. David writes in Psalms chapter 51 to reestablish his commitment to the Lord. You see, we don't quit when we make mistakes and when we sin and when we become short. Even a greater man as David was, as he drew closer to the Lord, yet he had strong temptations. You understand what I'm saying? And when confronted with this public sin, we saw how that David handled all of this in humility towards God. And he was able to reestablish his commitment to the Lord. Ultimately, what I'm saying, uh, where you're at today, whether uh, you have fallen or perhaps at a standstill or maybe slowly moving, God is trying to tell you tonight that you need to make sure that your commitment to God holds true tonight. In Psalms, David writes, in Psalms 51, Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew your right spirit within me. He said, cast me in all way from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from, from me. What was David saying here? David, in his public humiliation and confrontation of sin, was setting an example to us as people of God that we are not going to sit down. We are going to keep walking by God's grace. That David found the strength to, to reconnect with God and cry out, Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew in me a right spirit. Hallelujah. Cast me not away from uh, your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. David, when faced uh, with uh, oppositions and failures, as we all experience Trial and errors as Christians. They're not perfect Christians. We have trial and errors. But we learn from our errors and from our trials to be better Christians. To wait on the Lord and to draw closer to Him through all of our trials and our teachings and our shortcomings and our testings. It is a way that God is using to build up resilience inside of us as His children. When faced with power and authority, you see most of us turn towards sin and misuse that power. But here I want you to notice that David did not, after that he sinned, he had the power and the authority. Notice the example that David set before us as leader. He came to God and reestablished his commitment and said, Lord, I know that I fell. I fell through sin and brought disgrace upon my family, upon my church, upon my own life. But God, I am not giving up. I will walk in the way of God and I want to say to each and every one of you today that this I submit to you you have the power to get up and walk again in Jesus name even when David became king he didn't focus on his own ability David chose repentance honesty and humility now I want you to look at David's life for a moment 
He didn't focus on his ability as a king. He chose repentance. When Nathan came to him and gave him the scenario in the parable, what did David do? He quickly showed honesty, repentance, and humility. And I believe this is where God is wanting us to come as Christians, as leaders, as leaders of God's church. He's looking for character marked by honesty, humility, and honor in his church. It is not, we are not discounted that we will not come short or maybe cause shame or disgrace. But what matters the most is that we, by God's, as God's children, seek a way to mend those brokenness through honesty, humility, and honor to God. And David did. I took the time to study David's life the last few days. And I look and I sat with my Bible in my hands, the tears... I dropped down from my eyes as I look at this man who was a broken man, a broken leader, a broken father, a broken king. But yet here God came to him in a way like never before. And even when David became king, he didn't focus on his own ability, but he chose repentance. Friends, we must understand as parents, as leaders, that God is looking for these values in our lives where we are honest and we're willing to repent in humility and say, God, I haven't been perfect or I've come short, but I want to model a life and imitate a life that the youths, the people under me might see Christ in my life. David, examples led to a fruitful reign over Israel. As parents, we can model humility in how we establish confidence in our children tonight. Right now, your status as a parent provides you with immediate influence in your children's lives. Uh, you truly make a difference tonight, friends. You truly make a difference. Your life make a difference. There's none of us without excuses tonight because I can take example after example tonight of broken life, ravished life, uh, lives that were vile, that God took. And because there was a purpose and someone yielded to that purpose, they became a, a hero of faith. And you too can become a hero of faith. And someday when your divine commentary is written, your life will be implemented in that divine commentary. You believe that? As fathers, it is imperative that we not only instruct our children in the way of the Lord, but also bring them up by modeling this instruction to them. Uh, modern or uh, modern uh, civilization wants to deny us of our abilities of leadership, but we are not under the government of modern society, but under the government of God's Holy Spirit. We're not under the government of the church or organization. Or affiliation. We are under the government of God himself. Because we are the offsprings of God. I believe that God wants us to model this instruction to our heritage. 
to model spiritual uh, disciplines. Fathers, we can be the agent of change in our families. Mothers, we can be the agent of change in our, our marriage, children life, in our young adult life, in our teenage lives, in our children life. We can be that agent of change in their lives. And we are to model spiritual disciplines in our lives. We have the ability to reverse the past of spiritual discipline if we would simply practice them ourselves. Our children need to see us praying, reading scriptures, and in meditations. This generation needs to do, see, and hear. What we're looking for in this age from our young people in the message churches is what we do see and what they hear. And I believe we are to practice these things before them. They are to see us praying, reading our Bibles and in meditation before God. These are things that needs to be on display before this generation. How we expect our young people to be praying and indulging in God's word if they never see us doing those things. As simple fundamental truths, these values are missing in our churches. And I believe as a pastor, a servant of God, it is our duty to bring back these, these lost values within the church to strengthen and shore up the foundation again of our families. You believe it? If we're regularly practicing spiritual, uh, practicing spiritual disciplines, we want our children to see our good habits. They see enough of our bad habits. They see sometimes that we lose it. And we, uh, uh, you know, we, we allow our temper to get the best of us. They see our frustration. They see us in anxiety. They see us worry. They see us fear. They see us despondence. I think it's time to implement and model some spiritual discipline before them. They need to see us as spiritual disciples of Christ. We want our children to see our good habits. Hey, my dad may have had some problems on my mom, but I'll tell you one thing. They are praying people. There are people that call out to God. Even though they have faltered, they are able to connect with Almighty God. Yes, we need to see these things. Our children need to see our good example, but more importantly, our personal time with the Lord. They need to see that. This generation needs to see praying leaders, praying leaders, praying mothers, praying fathers. I don't mean just hide away somewhere. Parents who are willing to lead on example by crying out to God. As I've said, they already see some of the other habits we have. They need to see spiritual discipline within our lives as Christians. That we may lose it and we may have anxiety and we may get flustered. But by the same token, they can see us turn around and say, we need to pray about the situation. We need to cry out to God about this matter. You believe that? God help us. 
They need to see us prioritize worship. Ephesians 6 and 4. Bible said, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of God. And God has given fathers an important role in the home. And the point Paul makes is that fathers will be held accountable of how they lead their children. We are to be worshipers to Almighty God. Not just singing a song or praying, but worshiping in that we lead our family to know how to go to church, how to respect godly leadership, how to respect pastors and authority within the church. We are to prioritize our worship before the young generation. We got a generation raised up now in a message that has lost the power of worship. Are you with me? You can say amen. I'm telling you the truth tonight. Ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of God. God has given us this power within our lives. Fathers will be held in accountability of how they lead their children. And fathers have an important role in their spiritual development. They're watching us as we worship. Prioritize worship. Amen. I'm not just talking about singing a song or, or something like that, but every day practicing worship in our lives. How we pray, how we handle matter, how we handle God, how we talk to God, how we talk to our family, how we deal with these matters within our lives. God wants us to prioritize our worship. Hallelujah. We're going to church tonight. Hallelujah. We're going to do this with the youth. The church has got certain activities. I want you to be a part of that. That's part of the, the economics of God, the economy of God. Your church is your spiritual home. When there are spiritual activities, we want to be involved in that. We want to prioritize our worship. Some of us, we don't think about these things. We take them to ballgame practice. Every outings the world has offered. When the church has offered us activity, we turn it down. We have to prioritize our worship. You can say amen tonight. Come on, church. How in the world are we ever going to be involved and be a part of the economics or the economy of God if we're not practicing here in this life where we're going to? You believe it? We are to be a part of it. We have youth outings. We're to be a youth outings. We have dinners. We are to be at dinners. We have fall festivals. We should be at fall festivals. We have revivals. We ought to be at revivals. Are you following me tonight? Praise God. Our serving God is not coming here twice a week and hearing a good sermon going home. Our family's here. This is where we raise our family. This is where we teach them that life goes forth in the church and from the church. You believe it? We must make worship a priority in our lives because children are watching our every move. And when we prioritize our children, we will also place a higher emphasis on their lives. When we prioritize, our children also place a higher emphasis 
on in their lives. Whatever we prioritize is what they will place the highest emphasis on in their lives. If you prioritize church, your family, your young people, your children are going to prioritize what you place the greatest price and honor on. If you teach them and everything else comes before God and the church and activities and fellowship, then they're placed the highest emphasis on that and make that their priorities. Am I teaching tonight? You can say amen to the word of God. Look, if I don't teach you, the world's going to teach you. The world's already teaching you. What I'm trying to do is deactivate this corrupt teaching from your human minds and injecting you godly wisdom and teachings. Fathers that make worship a priority will lead their children to do the same. You make the church and you make what God the priority that God will become the very same thing to you. When your children are hidden and they're missing, it's because it's what they see in front of them. They're imitating that. Train up a child. It is to uh, set a pattern before your children. We are to be the example of examples. Can you give me that quote quickly? I just came across this quote right before I left the office in a message to Token. He said, let me be a brother. Let me live the example of what Christ said a man should be. Let me be a brother to a brother. A brother to a sister. To be a minister to the ministers. Let me be an example of examples. This is what I want in my life. The greatest honor God has given me is to be the uh, priest of my heritage. It's to lead my family as a godly priest in the way that is wholesome and godly and respectful in the sight of God. You believe it? Yes. God wants us to lead our children the same way. God wants us to lead... By worship. You believe that? To prioritize where our emphasis is on. What your emphasis are is what your children emphasis are. Nine times out of ten, your kids are going to like the same food you you eat. They're going to vacate the same place you vacate. They're going to do everything you do because you are an example before them. And you're passing on from one generation to the next what you want them to become. You realize the power that lies within our hands. Show them evangelism. How to witness to others. We've lost an entire two generation in this message that knows nothing about evangelism. That knows nothing to be a witness to others. Fathers, we must model sharing the gospel to others in front of our children. They should see how we share Jesus Christ and ways that we uh, introduce Christ uh, into our conversations. They ought to see that being modeled before us. The churches are standing at a stalemate because we have lost these values within our ranks. People say we're the bride. Who's saved is saved. We're predestinated. That's all there is. That's right. But we are to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to a dying world that's out there. 
Believe it. All Christians have been given a commission which has been called the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28. And as fathers, we need to lead uh, the, 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 the charge in pointing people to Jesus. We ought to be leading the charge to leading people to Jesus Christ. Our, our kids ought to be out in the streets witnessing to our world. You ought to see what Christ did for me. You ought to see what Christ did in my life. But first they must, must see that in our conversation with other people. Are you with me? Jesus said you are uh, he is the light of the world. You are, you are the children of the light of the world tonight. You believe it? Let's face it. We know nothing about evangelism in this message. The only way we know how to evangelize is to evangelize one another's church and the proselytes. And I'm just going to be flat tonight. And I'm telling you the truth. But God wants us to fill these few pews with hungry hearted people who are thirsting and searching for God. We sing, oh, they're not going to never come to church. How do you know? Unless you give them an invitation by a life you live before them. And say, come to my church. You want to see power? I'll show you power. You want to see healing? I'll show you healing. You want to see shouting? I'll show you shouting. You want to see worship? I'll show you worship. You're not ashamed of him. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is the power on a salvation. Praise the Lord. Is this all right with you tonight? Praise the Lord. Oh, God help us tonight is my prayer. Our children need to see our spiritual empowered boldness to proclaim Jesus Christ. With our friends, family, neighbors, and anyone else we meet. If you're talking about Jesus, they'll talk about Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody you meet in a grocery store or somebody, you're telling about Jesus Christ. You don't care what church they belong to, what denomination they belong to. You're talking about Jesus. Amen. The world needs to see that. They don't mind talking about their corruption and what's going on in this maniac society. But there's some people who will rise up this day in Jesus' name that will talk about Jesus Christ. Problem is, we give too much honor to Satan and what he's doing, and other one what Christ has done in our lives. And I tell you, I'll go this far to say he's done much, much more for us than Satan can, can ever give us. You believe it, fathers? We must lead by example in evangelism and modeling before our youths and uh, adult children. Let me, let me just deal with one more area before I bring this uh, to a close tonight. Love our children's mother well. Love your children's mom well. Love their mom. I'm talking about exemplary lives that God wants us to be. And I want you to look. Paul wrote, look with me quickly. Uh, Paul wrote in Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and give himself for us, for it. He, 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 we, we, we lead by example is how we love our wives. And in our love for their mom, we display the gospel to our children. 
Notice now that uh, the Bible here is giving us a very great example. We have an opportunity to show an imperfect love that, uh, that presents the perfect love of Christ to his bride. And the Bible said that Christ, the, the, the bride, that he bought her with his blood to make us clean from our sins. And fathers, the way we love their mom will teach her boys what a godly husband looks like. Look, I'm coming home tonight. Amen. I'm, I'm going to end on this note because I got much, much more to tell you tonight. But time will not permit me. Love their moms. I'm talking about discipline uh, last week, but uh, I'm speaking about turning back around tonight of exemplary lives of leaders uh, in the church. We can't blame our children when they're looking to us for these examples. Show our girls that they should, what they should be looking for in, in a future spouse. In our example, we are pointing to them a perfect Redeemer, Jesus Christ. And notice that the gospel gives fathers the ability to pursue God's design as Christians of role, a model to your children. Lead by example. God wants us. These things are not just God wants us every day. He wants to see we display a, a, an example, a, a, a way before our, our heritage, the best way to teach the generation and the use of the message. Anything is to model it before them. And we are to model these things before our children, our grown children, our adult children, our married children. They're looking for us uh, for an example. Lead by an example. Love your children's mom. And they will love you. That's right. The best thing, the best thing you can do for your marriage is to love your wife. The best thing you can do for your marriage and for your family is to love your wife. Because I'll tell you what, that is one of the key stone, the foundation in a family is a godly wife. And if you want a strong family, love your wife. And when you love your wife, you set an example before your sons how to treat a wife. And you're setting for your daughters what kind of husband they are to settle for in this age. Not the arrogance and the attitudes and the good looks and all these things that have passed away in 10, 15 years from now. They're going to pot belly and bald headed and all the good looks goes out the door. They're looking for his example. Character. Good looks. Amen. That beautiful girl. You thought, wow, she'll never fade. Time and years has faded. Or should I put it, your eyes are dimming. Come on, church. I'm talking about reality tonight. Am I coming on to you tonight? Is this godly teaching? Listen, friends, I spent hours before God praying and asking for leadership for this congregation and where these messages are going. The blessed the bride of Christ. I don't care what people say about me, how they criticize me, what they want to call me. I've got a purpose in life, and that's to do what God has called me to do. It's to empower and enrich the bride of Christ. My Lead by example. 
Our children not only listening to our words, but as Christian fathers, they're looking at our lives and actions. And the question I end on tonight, what are they seeing in us? What are they seeing in us? No, we're not perfect. But we're willing like David to be honest, to be humble, and to seek honor from God. Are we showing them a glimpse of the gospel's changing power as they watch us? Are we demonstrating before them that the, the, the gospel has power to change what you are? So what is modeled before you? When we begin to walk before them in the power and spirit of Almighty God, they're catching a glimpse of what the gospel is. They're changing power as they're watching before them. We have the power. We are the agency to change tonight. And some of us came from stereotype. But today, by the Holy Spirit, we're able to be taught by the Lord and instructed by the Holy Spirit. And we can pass on these changes to our families. So, oh, I don't have children. My children are grown. You've got grandchildren. You've got young people in the church. You've got colleagues and Christians that is watching your life. You have the power to show them a glimpse of the changing power of the gospel as they watch your lives. Is that what you want tonight? Is that your heart desires? What are they seeing us? What are they seeing us? Hallelujah. Praise God. May they see Jesus Christ. May they see Jesus Christ in our lives. Do you love him tonight? God bless you. Let us all stand. The musicians come. Praise the Lord. You know, Satan thought he had me today. Doctor said bronchitis. Severe air infections. I want you to go home and rest up your throat for the next few weeks. When the devil tells me things like that, that's a challenge to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Of course, my wife don't think that way, but she's got rights to want to protect me. Amen. But we're here tonight to worship Jesus. Do you love him tonight? Yeah. I trust the segment of the message on uh, exemplary lives. Has been a blessing to you tonight. We'll take it in different avenues by the help of God. Is this okay? Yes. Amen. I'm just going to take the word at different angles with you. And just by the end of all of this, we're going to be stronger Christians together. Yes. We're going to learn from each other tonight. Let's sing a song. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Yes, what a mighty God we serve. All the angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God we What a mighty God I serve. Oh, what a mighty God I serve. Yes, what a mighty God I serve. Oh, the angels bow before Him, heaven and earth adore Him. 
God I serve. One more time. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Yes, what a mighty God we serve. For the angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God we serve. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is good, isn't He? So good to be with you tonight to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's be in prayer for all the needs and also for the service coming up on uh, Sunday morning. I'll be diving into recognizing our day in this message. And we go deeper into the trumpets by the help of the Lord. And just pray for me, God, to continue to strengthen my body. Amen. I know he's able. He's the great physician. Hallelujah. He's the great physician. You believe that? The great God, the great I am, the great. He is everything to us. He's everything to us. Hallelujah. And we appreciate him tonight for his love and his grace. May the Lord go with you tonight as you go remember each other in prayer, be in prayer for the uh, different activities and things that are coming up, and uh, go back if you somehow maybe miss something that was said, go back, the archives are provided for you, you can actually go on uh, Google Play, on Apple Play, you can get those on your um, podcast, we have two different podcasts. On our website, in your spare times, you can download those, listen to them, and listen to instructions of the Lord. As I said, these messages are going everywhere, so I'm being translated into different languages. Not because I'm anything, but because brothers and sisters are hungry for truth. They, they're looking for, they're looking for, for, for truth. So tell, just tell me the truth. We're tired of fancy preaching and all kinds of theological teaching. We want to know truth. We want to know the fundamentals of life. So you can get all these messages on the website. Uh, go there and soon we'll probably have them translated into different languages on the podcast. But right now they're in English. But you go back through and listen to them and God will reveal uh, truth to you. God bless you tonight. Is there a, a need, uh, any spoken request before we go? Uh, before I pray, all right, let's just bow our heads one more time. Our Heavenly Father, as we come to the close of the service, we thank you for the inspiration and the strength tonight to deliver. I pray, God, you'll continue to minister to every need. Touch my throat tonight, and just I pray you'll stop the drainage. Help me to sleep well tonight, Lord, and rest. And that bronchitis, Lord, may just leave my body. And the infections leave in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, I surrender my life to you in this congregation. We love you with the love of God. We thank you for Pastor Malachi being here with us, his friend Moses. I pray you'll bless them, Lord. Bless all the saints of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the church said, amen and amen. God bless you. We appreciate each and every one of you. Just be in prayer for the service. Remember all the activities. I think they canceled that. Did they cancel the activity this week? Okay, all right, you got instructions going out. Okay, we'll, we'll send you out instructions. Things have been reconvened, so pull together, draw together, set aside all the foolishness of this world now. Remember, we're children of God. You know what Satan wants more than anything in our church is to divide us. 
is to make us harbor feelings and things, and, and none of that matters. At the end of the day, when the trump of God sounds, all of that will dissipate. We'll come in the presence of God. Let's pull together as children of God, as your pastor, your spiritual father. It's what it takes to love one another, and God will bless you for doing that. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Shalom to you. He promised to hold.